Good morning everyone. Welcome back once again to my garden shed where we are continuing to look at the little psalm that's really well known to many of us, Psalm 23. We're going to look at the remainder of this little chapter today and we're still going to continue to ask the question, what does the Lord is my shepherd mean to me? That's the question we want us to ask in our own hearts today as we look at these verses. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you felt really privileged or honoured or you feel that there's just been so much generosity poured out on you that you ask, why me? Why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. Many years ago, I was going on a flight to London. And I had a friend at the time who was working for the airline that I was going on. And she said, I will try and get you an upgrade on your flight. So when I arrived that morning at the airport, I approached the desk. And the woman behind the desk says, oh, Mr. McCreate, that's fine, we'll process you. If you just want to go here and go through into the lounge, you have been upgraded. And I thought, that's great. So there I went down this corridor that I'd never been before. And I went into this beautiful lounge in the airport. One that I had never been into before or even imagined it was there. And I walked into this huge spacious lounge. Looked at all the beautifully comfortable armchairs. Looked at this buffet in the middle of the room with all these snacks and drinks that were there for me to help myself with. And I went over and sat down and looked around the room. And the other side of the room was Ian Paisley, sitting, reading one of the free morning papers that was available. I was going to go over and talk to him, but I thought my time would be better used eating the free stuff in the buffet. So I went and helped myself. Then after a few minutes, someone from the cabin crew came in and says, if you're ready now, it's time to board. So I walked onto the plane with no queue and was ushered to my seat, which was this armchair sized seat at the front of the plane. And I sat down and made myself comfortable. And after a few minutes, I looked behind me and I could see everyone down at the back of the plane, all squeezed in like sardines, the way that I would normally be. And then that curtain was closed. We were separated from them. Probably so that they couldn't see us eating more free stuff. And it was an amazing experience. And in my heart, I knew I didn't really belong there. I knew my place was down the back with everyone else. But it was a great experience. It was something that I know I didn't deserve. It was something I definitely hadn't paid for. But I really thoroughly enjoyed it and what we want to think about today as we look at these verses is the privilege that we have that we don't deserve because in this little psalm as we've seen last week we see that it exceeds the expectations that we may read on our first few times reading it because 
the shepherd and Lord that's talked about is something so much greater than we might first notice. In verses 1 to 3, we see that David says about the Lord is my shepherd. This Lord and this God is his shepherd. It's something personal. It's something that means so much to him. It's a relationship that is so special that he can declare, I lack nothing. There's nothing more that I want. This shepherd that leads him is one that leads him in a life of blessing. In verse 4, we see that this shepherd, this Lord, is with him. That he can say, I fear no evil. No matter what he has to face, no matter what he has to deal with, he can trust in his Lord and his shepherd to be with him. Rescuing us, delivering and guiding. It's a beautiful picture. It's so much more than it first seems. And these final two verses, verses 5 and 6 that we're going to focus on today. I want us to think of the promise that we are with the Lord. But we're not just with him, we're with him forever. We have a promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. And when we read these verses, we get a real sense of privilege. In verse 5, we can see this image that David describes could almost give this impression of, of royalty, of something really special, something really regal and beyond what we're used to. Because here in verses 5 and 6, the shepherd is so much more than a shepherd. Because the shepherd is now revealed as a king. This was written by David, who knew what it was to be a shepherd. Most of his younger life was spent tending the sheep and looking after them. And he understood all the practical aspects of what he was saying here about the feeding and the leading, about the still waters and green pastures. He knew all about this. But David was the boy who became God's chosen king. And David knew what it was to be a king. He knew what it was to look at the big picture. He knew what it was to deal with things and be in control of things and use his authority in a good way. And David here describes in verse 5 what he would see as a shepherd and as a king. In verse 5 he says, you prepare a table for me. Now the shepherds, when they were out with the sheep, most of the time they spent was in very hilly country. And what they would try and do to find these green pastures was to look out for flat pieces of ground where they could see everything around them. They could see their sheep and the grass was good. Now these flat pieces of ground, ground were known as tables. And the shepherd would arrive, he would find the table and he would clear the table of any debris that needed to be removed so that the sheep could come and eat. He would make sure that there was no predators 
around that they were safe. The sheep were provided for. Everything was prepared for them in advance. But also when we imagine this table prepared, we can get this image of a royal banquet, of something so special, so over the top in so many ways in regard to luxury and quantity and abundance. And here we see David is saying, you prepared a table for me. Something special was prepared by his Lord and his King. Something was put in place that was so much more than he could imagine or deserve. And it's the same for us as believers today. In John 14, Christ talks about preparing a place for us. He's talking about heaven. It's not something that we've earned. It's not something that we deserve. But it's something that he has done for us because he knows us and he loves us. Our place at this table is not something that can be earned. It's not something that we can buy. It's something that was paid for. Upon the cross of Calvary where Christ died, he paid the price for us to come into God's kingdom, to be with him. He prepared a place for me. He prepared a place for you. This wonderful promise greater than we can ever hope or imagine for is prepared for us. What do we bring to the table? What can we offer? All we can offer, all we can bring is our own sinful hearts in response to the invitation. It's a beautiful image. It's a great hope that we have. And those of us that profess Christ Jesus and know him as our Lord and Saviour, we have that living hope. And David goes on to say, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now as the sheep grazed on this flat piece of ground around at this table, the predators were never far away. The shepherd's role as they were eating was to watch out and protect them. And quite often when the king would have these royal banquets, he would host enemies around the table. And when different enemies were brought into this room, they didn't need to fear because they were under the protection of the king. God's people called God Jehovah Nissi, which is the Lord our banner. To come under the banner of a king would be coming under his authority. But it would be also coming under his protection and rule. 
those that were on the side of the king were protected by him. And they would enjoy all that the king had for them. A good king was good to his people. When the king flourished, all of his people flourished. When Christ became our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, all that he was and all that he had was for us too. The evil of sin and death was defeated by him on the cross. We didn't need to fear. We don't need to worry. We're under his protection because we're under his banner. We are his. But the table of the king with the enemies was also a place of reconciliation. Quite often, the king would bring enemies together around his table, under his protection, that they, as they eat, they may reconcile with one another. They may reconcile with him. And there would be unity throughout the kingdoms. When we come under the banner of Christ Jesus, when we come into God's kingdom and we choose to give our life to him, it is one of reconciliation. We are reconciled first and foremost to God himself. We're no longer separated. We are his. We are his people. We are his children. But being reconciled to God, being under his authority, can also help us reconcile one with another. The reality is sometimes we find it difficult with other people. We have disputes. We have fallouts. Even amongst ourselves, in the church, we can have difficult times and we can have tension and friction. But under Christ, when we come together in his name, it's a place of reconciliation. It's interesting why a lot of this happened around the table. And so often, when we sit down with people, when we talk to them over a cup of tea or coffee or over a meal, it's when we really get to know them. It's when we really get to move beyond those difficulties that we have and become one another, become brothers and sisters in Christ. Christ our Lord, our Shepherd and our King is the one who makes us right with Him. And He can help us to reconcile one with another. You anoint my head with oil. One thing the shepherd would use a lot when he was on the hills with the sheep was oil. And he would regularly use oil to anoint the sheep. He showed care for them, compassion for them. And oil would be applied to any grazes or any wounds that the sheep would have. But he would regularly apply oil to the head of the sheep and the horns. Simply to keep things like flies away from the sheep. Because the shepherd loves his sheep. The shepherd protects his sheep. 
The desire of the shepherd was that the sheep could be the best that they can be. And when the king anoints, he anoints as a symbol of honour. When someone is anointed, they are then set apart. They are not the same before as they are after. To be anointed is a privilege. To be anointed is a sign of being something or going to become something more than you are now to be set apart. God's people called God Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. What does it mean to sanctify? Well, to sanctify is to set apart, to bless, to be given special favour, to make holy. Christ, our Lord, is the one who sanctifies us. This is not something we can do ourselves. Our own righteousness, our own holiness, the Bible tells us, is like filthy rags. It can never be worthy to be in the presence of the King. But Christ, our Shepherd, the King, sanctifies us. By His Holy Spirit in our hearts, we are set apart. We are no longer what we once were. We are now something new. We are being made holy by our Shepherd King and His Holy Spirit living within us. What a beautiful hope that is. And David goes on to describe what that feels like using another image. Because he says, my cup overflows. Now a shepherd would have a large two-handled bowl. Like a big basin type thing. And it was called a cup. And this was filled each day for the sheep at the end of the day. And he would bring it to them and set it down for them to drink. And the cup here is described as overflowing. And we get this image of this bowl that's so full of water is just spilling over the sides. The shepherd is giving them more than enough. They're getting an abundance of what they need and more. The provision of the shepherd, there's nothing lacking. It's more. It's abundant. I don't know whether you have any interest in the royals or the royal family. But I remember a lot of months ago watching a programme. I was talking about Prince William and Prince Harry when they were young boys. And it was interviewing their nanny who would have looked after them. And she described how when they came home from school, they would like a jam sandwich. But their jam sandwiches were cut in a circle. So there's no crusts on them. And on the side of the plate of this jam sandwiches was some fresh strawberries. Now she showed a picture 
of what the sandwich would have looked like with the strawberries round the side. And it's like no sandwich I've ever had. I do like a jam sandwich, but mine are definitely not like this. It looked fabulous. And the way it was presented was fabulous. And these young boys were brought up in a life of privilege. Well, for them, this, this was normal. When the Queen travels anywhere, it takes a host of people around her to make sure everything happens. To make sure all her suitcases and luggage all get moved and are all there and all unpacked and all set up for her. The royals live a life that we can't imagine. They live a life of abundance and privilege that is beyond our dreams. When I watch these things on TV, I'm just absolutely amazed. But for them, it's the life that they live. And that's what it is to live the life of Christ. To live under the banner of this king as one of his people to be called a child of God there's a hope and a promise and an abundance beyond that we can ever imagine in this world and in verse 6 David talks of the hope and the comfort that he gets from this and he says Surely your goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. When David wrote this, he was an older man. And he looks back over his life in the hope that he has in his Lord and his Saviour and his King. And he sums up the testimony of his relationship. Your goodness, your love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. David's life wasn't an easy one. He was often pursued by enemies. He made some great mistakes. He suffered huge loss. Yet, in his relationship with his shepherd, he can testify to the abundance, to the privilege, to that goodness, that love and that mercy that he knew on his life. And to trust and follow Jesus, we can know that too. Every one of us who's given our life to Christ, has a testimony of what he has done in us and through us and how he has been with us in trying circumstances, how he's corrected us when we've need corrected and how his grace is with us each day. But there's one difference to what David said and to what we would say. Because David said, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. But for those of us that are in Christ, 
His goodness doesn't follow us. His goodness and mercy and love dwells within us. It is in our hearts. It is who we are dwelling in us, bestowing the goodness of Christ, his grace and love and mercy through his Holy Spirit. Sheep quite often had to be sacrificed for the sins of man. Only by the shedding of blood could sins be forgiven. Only by the shedding of blood could people come before God. But in Christ Jesus, the good shepherd, when he came, he came so that no sheep would ever have to die as a sacrifice. Because Christ came as the good shepherd to be the perfect sacrifice. The shepherd became the Lamb of God. He became the Lamb of God. God's perfect sacrifice. A sacrifice that was going to be once and for all. It was going to be final. This was a sacrifice that meant no one else ever had to die for their sins. When Christ died and rose again, he gave us an eternal hope. David describes it here at the end of verse 6. When he says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It's not just a hope that is generous. It's not just a hope that brings us privilege. It's not just a hope that brings us an abundance that we cannot even fathom. It's a hope that's also eternal. What God gives us will never diminish. What he gives us will never go away. It will never be taken away. It will never die it's eternal our good shepherd our king of kings and lord of lords has done it all he's given it all for us he has done it for me he has done it for you because he knows you because he loves you And he says, you're mine. This is a beautiful hope. And I want to finish this talk today by reading a verse in Revelation that just gives us a little glimpse of who our Good Shepherd is and what he has done for us and the hope that we have in him. Revelation chapter 7 verse 17 says this. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away 
every tear from their eyes. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean to you in your heart today and every day? The Lord is my shepherd.